Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Great good afternoon. It's an overcast but warm spring day, Wednesday. April 14th, 2021. It's the Bob Cadaro Show, and I am he. Uh, so much to talk about. You know, we're watching the world go upside down. And I was talking about that yesterday, and it's just, it, it, just out, it, it just causes such outrage for anyone who is right thinking to see what is happening. But there is an oasis there's an oasis for all of this, and it's called Alaska. And it is an oasis because they have a governor from Scranton, Pennsylvania, who I knew back in high school. It was Michael Weiss. His nickname was Nature. And he went to Nature and became a state senator from 2013 to 2018, and then became the 12th governor of Alaska. And he's done what had to be done. He's taken whatever steps he believed were, whether they were politically correct or not, he says what he means, he says what he believes, and he is without doubt this Scranton native uh, one of the most refreshing people in politics in this country. And without further ado, we are joined by Governor Mike Dunleavy. Welcome. Hey, Bob. How are you? I am great. I'm better better now that I got you on the air. Well, good. I'm good. You got to come up and visit Alaska someday. I, there is. I, I have to. I really do. And, I, I, you know, I try not to go anywhere that is colder than where I actually live. But uh, this, I will make an exception. There's no doubt about that. I, well, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> All right. So, Governor, you, I'd like to st sort of start off with, how did you get there? Uh, you know, again, your nickname was Nature in high school. You were into all that kind of thing and, and known for it. But how did you get from Scranton Central High School to Alaska? So, I mean, I, I just, I always liked the outdoors, as you noted, and um, there's no other place like Alaska. And after uh, college, back in the early 80s, right after college, I graduated, I, um, I went uh, to Seattle, got on a ferry, and went up to southeast Alaska, had a job at a uh, logging camp in the shop, 
and just fell in love with the place and, um, you know, never left. And uh, I'd have to live eight lifetimes, Bob, to do everything I want to do here in Alaska. I mean, it's an incredible state. It's it's two and a half times the size of Texas. It's um, the northernmost state, the westernmost state, and the easternmost state. It's the easternmost state because part of the Aleutian Islands crosses over the International yeah, State Line. Yeah. It's, um, they used to have four time zones. It's got great people, and the, uh, I mean, the, just the landscape. It's just, um, there's no other state like it. Mm. And uh, so you, you go up to Alaska, uh, you start off in logging, you get into education, start your own little educational company, as I uh, recall, and, uh, and then decide to start running for office. Yeah, I mean, so, so you know, um, um, it's all about public service, and when you're when you're an educator, when you're teacher, principal, superintendent, you're you're serving the public, you're serving kids and their families, and so, in many respects, it was a natural extension of that. But um, it's a small state population-wise, about seven hundred thirty thousand people, and you can really make a difference in a state like this. I mean, you have a state like California with thirty some million; it's a little it's a little tougher. But here well, in Alaska, they, they you, seem to be ruining it, it uh, Governor. They seem to be ruining California just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's certainly questions as to how they're governing down there. But um, uh, nonetheless, Alaska, just, uh, you can, there's a lot of opportunity up here if uh, if uh, we're allowed to do it. What I mean by allowed to do it, uh, there's a lot of federal land here. Uh, there's oftentimes federal uh, attempts at federal oversight. And so we have a constant battle at Washington with regard to Alaska. Now, uh, and, and I'm going to skip out of order of the questions and the things that I wanted to talk to you about. First of all, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with uh, Governor Mike Dunleavy of Alaska. He is a Scranton native and has been really doing some big things both in Alaska and nationally. But so, But your latest initiative regarding the federal control uh, is regarding the the, the uh, waterways. Could you tell us a little, yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, so when Alaska was granted statehood in 59, um, we were uh, supposed to get from the federal government. Keep in mind that Alaska was a federal territory that was purchased in 1867 from the Russians. And um, when we became a state, we were guaranteed a certain amount of land and sovereignty over that land. And part of that was our, river, our navigable rivers, lakes, and other tidal areas. Well, the federal government hasn't really relinquished control over some of those rivers, actually many of those rivers. And so what would happen is when Alaskans would take a boat or otherwise traverse those rivers, because the rivers are really our highways. We don't have very many highways up here, and so people use the rivers to get back and forth, sometimes to their own home or their recreational cabin. But uh, they would get stopped by federal agents in, uh, um, in the uh, Park Service, mainly, and be told that they you know, couldn't use their motorized boats, they, they couldn't use the river. And so a man by the name of uh, John Sturgeon uh, brought his case in the Supreme Court. He was stopped and cited on a river in Alaska, by Park Service officials. He fought that, and he won the first case. He won 8-0 in the U.S. Supreme Court that Alaskans had the right to traverse their own rivers and their submerged lands under the rivers. That was challenged to some extent, and so they went back again. Uh, there was a section that law was challenged, so they went back again to the Supreme Court, and he won 9-0. Now, keep in mind, this is with liberal and conservative judges, and so the courts were adamant that Alaska had the right and jurisdiction uh, the sovereignty over their rivers. And so basically what we told the federal government and their agents is you no longer have control. Don't pretend you have control. If you stop or cite our um, uh, Alaskans on our rivers, 
will intervene and uh, we're going to push back and this has got to end. This is 62 years of them doing this. And so we put an end to it a couple weeks ago and um, we're, we're, we're ready to challenge them if they try to do it again. We'll challenge them in court. Good for you because you're right. You found that, that federal control is onerous and, and does not react to the people of Alaska themselves. No, you're right. I mean, for example, Bob, we have a huge cruise ship uh, tourism industry up here. Uh, billions of dollars worth of revenue is generated and uh, wealth from that tr- uh, cruise ship industry. Well, the CDC has shut it down, has said that uh, there's a no-sale order. We have about three days left in this, uh, in, in this season to be able to prepare for the season for these cruise ships. And if, they, if the CDC does not back down, we're prepared to file a lawsuit. We'll probably join the case with Florida. DeSantis is doing the same because we have managed this virus up here better than probably any state in the country. Uh, some of the highest vaccination rates, lowest death rates, lowest hospitalization rates. And so we know what we're doing with regard to this virus. And we know that uh, in working with the cruise ship industry, we can make this work. But again, the federal government, they say they're using science, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to us. And so we'll know here in the next two days whether we have to... Uh, file a suit and join the lawsuit with Texas to fight the uh, federal government on this issue. And you've watched, you've watched, uh, and and you're right, and I, I often cite Governor DeSantis, but uh, Alaska, I cite you as well, ha- you've done better than anybody, literally, in, yeah. in combating the virus. And I know it's a, it's a, it's a state that is sparsely populated, but there are <laughs> there's bigger cities and bigger towns where this still hasn't struck. Yeah, we have uh, we have communities in Alaska that are so isolated that they've never seen the virus. And our issue was Bob, back in 1918 when the Spanish flu hit uh, came descended on this world. Alaska got hit harder than any other place on the planet, with the exception of uh, Samoa. And our native population, our Eskimo folks, Indian and Aleut folks, can uh, constitute about 15% of our population. So we have the largest concentration of Native Americans in the country. We wanted to make sure that they didn't suffer the same fate they did in 1918. So we got on it real fast, worked with all the tribes, worked with all the municipalities and the, uh, uh, the health consortiums. And the data speaks for itself. Second lowest death numbers next to Vermont, lowest hospitalization rates. Um, some of the best, if not best, vaccination rates. And so we're putting this virus behind us. We're, uh, we're opened up, and um, we want people to come to Alaska this summer. And, and you did it without the, the draconian uh, lockdowns. Uh, that, that, I mean, you, you did what you had to do, but you did it without the draconian long periods of lockdowns, re-lockdowns, and all of the other things that really impinged on people's freedoms. Yeah, we've been, the state has been open since uh, early May. Once we discovered, once we realized what this virus was and wasn't, uh, we lifted uh, the restrictions. And we never locked down. We never told people they couldn't leave their house or they couldn't go out and recreate and do things. Um, there were some restrictions on gatherings. And so we, we did away with those restric- uh, restrictions back in May. That is so refreshing. And, um, wow. So, you know, some of our, our largest city, Anchorage, uh, still has some restrictions, and there's a lot of questions as to whether that's necessary. And we have the discussions with the municipality on this. But nonetheless, the state uh, the state is open. We're open for business. We're open for tourists. And um, we're look- like I said, we're looking to put this virus behind us. Now, uh, in 2019, 
uh, Alaska was uh, suffering economically uh, from the energy industry, which I want to get to in a little bit. Uh, you had proposed about $400 million plus in cuts to the state budget, $130 million to the University of Alaska. And uh, the entrenched interests got really angry, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, and there's always a lot of special interests that have tied themselves into the government teeth, as we say. And when we made an attempt to reduce the budget because we did have a budget, uh, a revenue shortfall because of the drop in oil prices, um, a lot of these special interests, uh, they, uh, they fought back. And so they, um, <clears throat> they sent their legion of lobbyists. And as you know, they started a recall effort to try and recall me for yeah, yeah. the uh, the reductions in the budget. That's but, when I, um, that's when I knew you were doing the right thing. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's, it's you know, you can't you can't please all the people all the time. And in in, in, a, in a in a state government, when you're the governor, you've got to make some tough decisions, tough decisions every day. And this was one of them. We wanted to get our budget in line with our revenues. And so again. There were there were a number of special interests that didn't care for that, and uh, we're still fighting them. Bob Cadero on the Bob Cadero Show, talking with Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy, a Scranton native. Tell me, you're unapologetically Republican and conservative, correct? Yes. Now, uh, and, and I've, I've observed that about you. You say what you say. Uh, tell me, <laughs> well, I want to take one step back. Oil and energy are the lifeblood of Alaska's economy and the, the Alaskans. It's, it's one of your greatest resources and what you present to the world. And yet nature is the second most important uh, commodity you have, maybe even the most important, just the, the enjoyment of it and all that. You are making them coexist. Tell us about that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be an either or. I mean, for example, um, you know, we uh, we're trying to get some uh, uh, oil drilling, exploration and drilling in a, in a in a wildlife refuge called Anwar. Anwar is enormous; it's probably bigger than most states. And the leases that uh, were sold up there, but put on hold by the Biden administration, that would constitute uh, about the size of a postage stamp on a football field in comparison to the rest of the wildlife refuge. And the wildlife refuge, when it was established, they also had a clause in there that we would be able to explore for oil and gas. And so you can do both. Uh, we have tremendous renewable resources up here in Alaska, hydro, wind, tidal, geothermal, uh, you name it. We've got probably just about every energy uh, source there is in this state. And you can do both. You can both be a renewable individual as well as oil and gas because Oil and gas is not going to go away. This economy that is based on oil and gas is not going to change overnight. And so we do it, and we do it better in Alaska than anywhere else in the world. And that's my argument with folks, Bob, is if you shut it down in Alaska and you push it over to Africa, other places in Asia, they're not going to have the environmental protections that Alaska does. And so if you think you're going to save the environment, you're not going to save it because they will do it worse 
in other places. And we lose the jobs, we lose the revenue, we lose the opportunity. So it makes perfect sense to do it in America, do it in Alaska, and we'll do it right. Now, I'll tell you, I'd like you to run for U.S. Senate. Uh, you're not uh, in it for this particular race, but uh, I've, <laughs> I have some issues with one of your senators. Tell me the future of Anwar. So the, uh, the leases were sold. Uh, there was a, a bill passed under President Trump. And by the way, um, President Trump was probably the best president in Alaska's history in terms of opportunity that he worked with us on. But nonetheless, uh, in, in the tax bill back in, um, I believe it was 1718, uh, Anwar was put in there that we were going to sell leases. The federal government was going to sell leases. And that was to get Lisa uh, Murkowski's vote, but uh, now it's being, it's being uh, thwarted. Well, yes. And now the Biden administration has uh, issued an order, an executive order, to put those sales on hold. Uh, we're going to obviously do our best to fight that. We've uh, joined in lawsuits with Louisiana because uh, offshore oil leases have been put on hold as well. We've joined with uh, Wyoming and Montana um, for, for the same reasons, for resource development, especially oil and gas. And so, unfortunately... You, you, you have to lawyer up in these instances, or your state suffers tremendously. But uh, again, we're you know we're going to be we're going to remain optimistic that we can get these leases um, executed and start to get some exploration up there. Well, we'll keep checking with you on that. Now, tell me about the the current state of politics. There seems like there's almost a normalcy in Alaska that we don't have on a lot of other places. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a good point. So, Alaska. <clears throat> Uh, has never experienced the riots, the lootings, the shootings, the burnings that have happened down, as we call in the lower 48, and still is happening right now. And I think it's a testament to the people up here. We, uh, we get along, I think, fairly well, different groups of folks. It's a very diverse state. Uh, city of Anchorage is probably the most diverse state, excuse me, city in the uh, entire country. A lot of folks from Asia, a lot of folks in the Pacific Islands, Europe, Africa, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of Native Americans, Native Alaskans. And so we've uh, so far figured out how to get along and work together. And so, again, it, uh, we didn't have to experience any of the issues that are occurring down south. We hope we never do. But it's, um, it's really a great place. It's really a great place not just to visit, but for me, it's a great place to live. Uh in, uh, tell me about your thoughts, observing from up above, the uh, state of politics in the United States, the lower 48. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's becoming more divisive. Um, so, you know, my parents were, uh, were Democrats, FDR Democrats, and, and they were great people. Uh, I mean, my, my mother and father were just terrific folks. And so they raised their four boys to think on their own. But back then... The parties, in many respects, were closer together. Uh, you, uh, you know, you never asked your friend uh, when you went to play football or baseball when you were a kid, hey, are your parents Republicans or Democrats? Everybody rooted for the same football teams, basketball teams for the most part, baseball teams. But what was really, what was really important is uh, it didn't matter if you were a Republican or Democrat. You wanted your kids to succeed. You wanted them to do well. You, uh, you, you, you saluted the flag. You um, uh, had respect for those that were in the military. And you had respect for law and order. But as we see, there's a lot of attempts at dividing this country now along racial lines, ethnic lines, um, 
the the whole masking thing to some extent during this virus was politicized and so it's not it, it's not good for this country and i'm a little concerned as to where it's going but i think if we uh if we all work hard at it we could pull ourselves back together but uh Dividing the country, splitting the country uh, is going to be, uh, I think, detrimental in many respects. Now, I noted going to, uh, uh, I, yeah. no I noted that uh, you did uh, the Brian Kilmeade show, so you did, you're doing national shows. Is there a future or a thought of a future on the national stage for you? Yeah, you know, you never say never, and I know politicians say that, but I have to tell you, I'm looking out right now at um, mountains, I live on 45 acres, literally on the frontier. There's nothing behind us but 350 miles. <laughs> um, Incredible. I'm looking at uh, uh, a moose right now in the back uh, back area of the house. <laughs> so that's going to be tough to trade that for Washington, D.C. I've been to Washington, D.C. I've been there many times to work with uh, President Trump, and um, I couldn't wait to get on the plane to come back home. <laughs> I can only imagine. That is great stuff. Uh, we're talking with Governor Mike Dunleavy of Alaska, Scranton native. And, Governor, anytime you want to, to communicate with uh, your old homies here, you, you call me and we'll get you on the air. I, I truly appreciate you taking the time early this morning and, and talking with us and letting us know and let the letting the people know we have a great governor. He just happens to be in Alaska. <laughs> I appreciate that, Bob. And let me give a quick shout out to my brother Patrick, his wife Mary, and their great family, and um, you know all my friends and uh, relatives in Scranton. Scranton is a, just an absolutely fantastic place, and um, I, I, I wouldn't have wanted to uh, grow up anywhere else. So uh, I appreciate it. Fantastic, and we're, we are all so proud of you as well. And uh, I'll, I'll ho hopefully I'll be seeing all those uh, relatives and friends of yours, and uh, I'll, I will pass on that. Governor Mike Dunleavy, nature is doing well. Awesome, come visit, come visit Alaska. No doubt about it. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you. Bye bye, bye, -bye. Uh, Governor Mike Dunleavy of Alaska. Uh, we want to thank him for coming on. We've got to take a break. Uh, Bob Cadaro on the Bob Cadaro Show. We'll be back after this.